Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Illumination! Yes, hello, it's 2022 and I'm so excited, can't you tell? So this is the year that you're going to have the revelation and illuminate your soul into the world. Okay, now that I got that out of the way, now how are you going to do that? Because I know you've awakened your soul, you've awakened your gifts, but what are you going to do with it now? If you have any questions about it, please let's get on a call in the show notes down below or scroll down. You're going to find your next breakthrough. It's getting on a call and receiving the assistance from source, from God, whatever you believe in, you're here listening to this today. And it's your decision whether you're going to show up for yourself and your highest purpose. So illumination is the opportunity to stand in your power and stop giving it away. It's your opportunity to trust yourself that you're on this path and there's people guiding you along the way. If you have a calling in your heart and all you're doing is asking how, how do I share this with the world? I would love to jump on a call with you. You can schedule that in the show notes. This week, Ludmila Rogowski is here to share her light and illuminate your soul. She is a visionary. She likes to call herself a wild at heart empath and cheerleader for humanity. Ludmila's passion for self-development and NLP since she was 15 years old, combined with her love for leadership, marketing, and people, give her a cutting-edge advantage to help her clients navigate this new world of technology, online businesses, and self-mastery, assisting them to feel certain about who they truly are or who they want to become. That passion took her to high places where now she can impact and change even more lives, working with Tony Robbins and Dean Graciosi's team, doing work with Achieve Today and her own mentorship programs. She finds purpose in guiding her clients into bringing more joy into their own life. She lives by the phrase, do more of what makes you happy and trust that this is part of the process of finding yourself again and living a more joyful and fulfilled life. Some fun facts about Ludmila. She is a mom of one amazing teenager, a skydiver, a ballroom dancer, a trail runner, and a golden retriever mom. She loves to learn and stay curious, loves nature, animals, good company, good food, and a life full of adventures. I'm so excited for you to hear about all the adventures she's had in her own journey of life. Hello and welcome to the Carrie Faith on Purpose podcast. I'm your host, Carrie Faith. As an energy healer, psychology and human behavior specialist, trainer, mentor, writer, speaker, and lifelong student of self-development myself, I am here to support you to manifest your wildest dreams. We make it fun, easy, and predictable on the show with inspiration, motivation, and transformational principles for lifelong change. You can consider me your spiritual guide in your pocket, leading you towards your highest purpose and trusting yourself you're on the right path. I share real conversations with the visionary women who are top leaders in their fields after they themselves pivoted and stepped into their higher purpose in life. This show is for the woman who wants it all and more and is ready to step into her infinite power and potential from within. Are you ready? Let's begin. I am so excited. My dear friend, Ludmila is here with us today, all the way from Canada, not too far from me. But nonetheless, I feel like you and I were brought together in this virtual world, and I'm so excited to have you here today. I am so excited to be here. You have no idea, and it's an honor to finally make this happen. Uh, 
throughout since we met our conversations and our developments and things we do similar from our different parts of the world that yes it's not even that far it's just brought us together so much and as i mentioned before i just love how a human being can connect and be so similar to another human being in specific areas of life and i'm i'm very honored to call you my friend and i'm very honored to be here I am honored to be friends with you, to have you on the podcast. I say always like I have my friends on the podcast, but you're like the one that not not only as a friend, I feel like we were sisters or our journeys have been so different, yet the themes have been paralleled throughout our lives. So I want to hear about some of your adventures and the joy that you have had in your over 40 decades no not yeah. decades 40 years of experience on this earth so take me back to like what about young Ludmila like you at maybe seven or ten what were you like as a kid oh that goes back a long time but uh I I remember we um I always liked to have fun I I did came from a beautiful loving family like my mom was a stay-at-home mom that used to paint and take care of us and take us to places my father was a high-end executive for a german company back in brazil but he would always come home at the end of the day and he'll have chocolates like special chocolates for us and he will talk to us about his lunch business with this like in those beautiful restaurants and all the business people talking about smart conversations so I always had that in me, like brought from my dad and really caring and happy side from my mom. So growing up, I was born in Sao Paulo. And when I was 11, but it was a big city. Now it's like 24 million people, right? So we, we live behind walls in that sense, like private community and everything else. My parents decided to, gave us, to give us a better future. So we moved down south in Brazil to a city called Curitiba, which is a much smaller city. Still 6 million people, but like much smaller city. And that is when my story really, really started to, I had to start all over again. I had to make new friends, go to new schools. And I, I did enjoy that process. We were a member of the um, account, a German country club. So I actually did German folk dance for five years <laughs> with all the flowers and everything in my hair. I always loved sports. So um, I was part of the sports team in school, uh, ballroom dancing team in college and university. And I think the part you're asking, and I'm going to get to that, is... Um, I, my background is marketing and business. So I got hired to work for Prudential in Brazil to sell life insurance. I was 19, 20. Grueling hiring process, <laughs> but I made it. I was there. And then reality hits because everybody there was like older stockbrokers or bank managers. They always had their client. They already had their clientele. And that was me fake glasses, Gucci bag, and like all dot up to be able to look older. But that was a tough call. So I figured out that Prudential in Brazil was the only one selling insurance for high-end, high-risk sports. And mm -hmm. I'm like, there you go, that's my niche. So I niche down, I specialize on that. And I lived one of the best times in my life because I went to all the events. I went to all the rally events, like all the Subaru drivers were my clients. I had plenty of scuba divers and skydivers and hang gliders because I used to go in the bus with them and make friends. And then the insurance policy would come naturally from making friends. Wow, I never knew that about you. And that's where you started with your career. It's yes. all making more sense how naturally you're so good at building relationships with people and how when you nurture that relationship is where the business comes. And so I love that. I never knew that. So it was like high-end sports and mm -hmm. athletes. 
Yes, because um, even before the uh, the insurance company, I was the marketing manager for Jaguar, Hummer, and Citroen in Brazil from a dealership. And then my manager from the insurance company saw me working there, grabbed me, and offered me the job at the insurance place. So in marketing and with what I was doing at the dealership, it was also already creating connections and creating friendships and creating high-end events, putting all the pieces together, but in a nice way. And I transferred that to the insurance. And now that you're saying, I think I transferred that to my whole life. And that's exactly, I want to put a point on that. Yeah. That's when, when people come to me and they go, I don't know what my purpose is. It's like, yes, you do. Because it's that underlying theme that you just take that skill and that passion, what you're naturally good about, and you transfer in different areas. So I love that you just pointed that out. Thank you. Yeah. I never, in life, we do things that come naturally to us that we don't think is our purpose. Like Mm -hmm. we look for purpose so far and so high. Thank you. You for pointing that out too, because... Sometimes other people see things that for us is just day-to-day thing. But yeah, I, I think I did transfer that to my life and I love doing that. Right. Purpose doesn't have to be some like huge grand, like you're, you rule a country or yeah. you're CEO of a huge, you know, um, fortune 500 company. I mean, it doesn't have to be huge and grand. It's, it's something that's innate within all of us. And even me like pointing that out to you and to the listeners is that you're already living it. And then it's just to be more aware of what's, how did I, how was I when I was 20 and how am I 20 years later? Or that's why I always like to ask the question about, tell me about little Ludmila because <laughs> you were athletic and you love adventure and you love joy and you still do. So yes. Yes, and I'm and I'm bringing that back into into my life. Um, so, going back to the part you wanted to hear, uh, another part you wanted to hear. So, yes, I was very successful in the life insurance because, without thinking that that was the process, I create friendship and I create relationships, and they bought me and the trust they have in me more than just the policy and what I truly because I truly believed I was helping people like I I lost clients and I had to go to their families and and pay what dad put together for the family so I I really really believed on with what I was doing and through that making friends and stuff I met a gentleman that used to own a skydiving school when I went to the school to sell life insurance for their students. <laughs> well, there's a smart place to, to work, right? Or to, to approach as a skydiving school. 100%. I grew up beside a small airport. So skydiving for me has always been fascinating because I, I used to be little and seeing them jumping and landing. And I would grab my dad's hand and said, dad, dad, let's go see them jumping. And like, I grew up, like I would grab my dad's head, get him in the car, drive, he would drive me to the airport. And I would just sit in the grass, just seeing them getting on the plane, going up, coming down, fold their parachutes. And I'm like, ah, oh, this is so cool. So since a young age, so I guess we source we visualize things and things start happening in life down the road, right? Like I 100% attract that at some point in my life. We, we started dating and he lost his business partner, uh, not because of skydiving. And I was like, you know what, let's, um, you need a partner. We love each other. We're going to move in together. We're engaged. So I quit life insurance to run the business. So I, I ran the whole skydiving school. Like he would, I would even teach at night. He would be the, the certified instructor over the weekend to go inside the plane with the students for them to jump. But I did everything else. And I created partnership with Red Bull. We used to go together to universities, to, to fire halls, to do team building. It, it was a fun, 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 fun time in my life. But it was a time in my life where... I loved somebody more than I did love myself. 
at that point. And I think in life, everybody should have one experience like that because it, looking back, it was a beautiful experience, paying for the end, but it was beautiful. And things went down the drains and I had to make a decision. And, uh, and that is when uh, my godparents were in Canada and I said, I am taking off. I'm going to Canada for six months. So my reality at that point, I was partner at the skydiving school. I had a motorcycle that I loved it so much. Like I missed that, that wind in my face, like from skydiving or going fast on the motorcycle. Those are. So freedom. you've always been an adrenaline junkie. Let's just call it that. Is I that think right? so. Without even knowing. Yes. But it, when it comes to skydiving, it's funny because. I love the skydiving, not for the fact that people are like, oh, I'm skydiver. For me, it was freedom, truly freedom. Like when you, you get on the plane and the plane goes up, I, would, I couldn't wait for that door to open and for me to see that beautiful earth down there and all the canvas and the nature and the farm. We used to, we used to uh, take the students to farmland because if they missed the landing, they would land on a farm. So everybody was safe, no buildings. I missed that. That was freedom to me. Like we had the free fall. That was the adrenaline and was amazing. But once the canopy opened and you, well, when you fly, you're flying with your own body too. Just that power to be able to fly with your own body was insane. But once the canopy opened and you see everything around, for me, it was peaceful. Hard so, to explain, but for me, it was so peaceful. There's nothing like jumping out of an airplane. I know because I've done it once and I'm going to do it again with my son when he turns 18. But the, this idea that skydiving wasn't about the adrenaline for you so much that it was about freedom. And I'm listening to this book right now and it's called The Psychology of Money. And that we're all like everyone is really not after the money they're after the freedom and wealth back can earn you more freedom and freedom of choices yeah. and so whatever capacity that we can find freedom in is like we're naturally drawn to that so yeah. such a beautiful analogy of the skydiving representing freedom because it really is the free falling part the the under the parachute was the most peaceful experience i've had yeah, it's true. And, and you're there guiding yourself. There's nobody there to save you, to guide you, to make the decisions for you, is you. You have your life in your hands. The moment you step out of that plane, you're on a free fall or you are under the canopy, is you. This is why when my students would land beside me now, putting me aside the first time I landed, I'm like, oh my God, if I can do this, I can do anything in my life. That is what I love the most on my students' face once they would touch the ground. Mm -hmm. They were irradiating light and they're so happy. And in my mind, I had, wow, if they can take this, to the rest of their lives and remember this energy and how powerful they were and that they broke through barriers. They broke through what they thought, what people thought about it. If they can just break this glass and use this to break the other glasses on their life, my job in here is accomplished for the first part. Like I, I truly had those thoughts even before self-development, like I had that in my mind because it was powerful. It was really amazing to see that. And that is why I love sports. Now here in Canada, coaching, uh, helping to coach track and field to the elementary school to, for my son and volleyball, because they have that, like you see the kids on the line when that gun goes and they start running, like you see their faces. It's pure like joy, determination, resilience. They are like running for their lives to, to win, to, to make things happen. And I think I, I do really thrive on that because I, I love that. 
it's that the amazing. emotion that is the most powerful part of our human experience. We left off, I feel like, at the motorcycle and the adrenaline, though. So take me to back to when you went from Brazil to Canada. Like, I know that you were leaving a relationship. You were leaving behind yes. your dreams as a skydiver, instructor, and owner. How fearful was that? Or did that feel like pure freedom again? That feels like pure freedom. And it's one of those things in life that I was determined. I made the choice. I knew I don't know how. I knew in my heart, in my mind, in my soul, every body, every cell in my body that I was going to go. And everything was against me on that sense. It was wintertime in Brazil. I had to sell my motorcycle because I just had the money for the motorcycle to buy the airplane ticket. But I had to buy the airplane ticket by June 21st, because by June 22nd was high season, then the money for the motorcycle wouldn't cover the airplane ticket. So it was like everything against me, but I knew in my heart and I said, no, I'm going. I'm going, I, I went to Sao Paulo, I got the visa, got all the paperwork, everything sorted out. Ask my dad, say, dad, do you wanna go with me to buy a, I need a piece of luggage? And he looked at me, he's like, you're supposed to fly in four days. You haven't sold the motorcycle yet. It's raining. Like you think, and my dad is super supportive, but he's like, you're not going to go. And I said, dad, you're coming with me or without me because I'm going to the mall. <laughs> he's like, oh, okay, I'll go with you. So he came with me. I sold the motorcycle, Carrie, the day before I had to get on the airplane. I just knew in my heart, I had that sixth sense and that certainty in my life that we forget you have sometimes. And I bring myself back to that moment where I was certain that something was going to happen. This kid came, young kid came early in the morning and said, oh, um, came, look at the bike. He liked it. So around two o'clock, 1.30, two o'clock, I call him back and he's like, yeah, no, I'm going to take it. And I said, yeah. How are you going to pay for it? And he told me I'll pay cash. And I said, perfect. Meet me at this address at five o'clock. So I gave him the travel agency address. <laughs> so my dad, myself, and the kid met at the travel agency at five o'clock. And he did, he's like, well, what's going on? And I went to talk to the clerk. And I said, well, I have a reservation for tomorrow, one in the afternoon for Vancouver. And she said, well, by now, the reservation already fell off because it's like it's less than 24 hours. And I just thought that I'm like, I'm sorry, but look at your computer because I know the reservation is there. I'm getting on that plane tomorrow. I just had that certainty. And she looked and she looked at me with those big eyes. She's like, oh, yeah, it's here. I'm like, perfect. I grabbed the cash from the kid, gave it to her. The kid's like, what's happening? I'm like, oh, I'm flying to Canada tomorrow. Who is going to sign the papers? How am I going to get the motorcycle? And I'm like, my dad have all my signing rights. I have air, all my ducks in, in line. You're, you're good to go. Call my best friend. And I, I told him, hey, let's meet for a beer tonight at our favorite place. I haven't seen my best friend in five years because I was like, just focus on my fiance and the business. I said, let's go. Let's have a drink because I'm moving to Canada. And he's like, what the what? So he met me at the, the crossroad bar where we listened to rock and roll and blues and had such a great time. Went home, fell asleep, woke up, packed, and off to Canada to stay for six months. I had no English and I had $250 in my pocket. Wow. My godparents were here, so I knew I had food and shelter for a while, but and I had a plan to stay for six months. But yeah, once I stepped on that plane, it was like freedom. But I think my biggest freedom was they picked me up from the airport. We went to my godparents' apartment and my godfather said, oh, I got to go to the supermarket to buy bread. And I said, I'll go. And another big eyes, what? You just got here. You don't know the city. You don't know the language. And I'm like, I don't care. I'll go. Grab money. He explained where the supermarket was, got to the supermarket, made my way 
found my way with, through sign and sign language, bought the bread, didn't know the money because it's, it's different from back home, but I survived. I brought the bread, the bread, brought it back home, and we had a beautiful latte with bread and jam, and, and that was my humble beginning in Canada. I had to start all over again because my university degree didn't matter. My work experience didn't matter. My college degree didn't matter. My pedigree didn't matter <laughs> because I didn't even know the language. So how did you learn the language? Did it take you a long time? Did you just pick it up? I mean, that that whole idea that you didn't have the career, past career didn't matter, the past relationships or the past, um, you know, languages and skill set. It's like, it kind of reminds me of right now when people are realizing, wow, I have this degree or I had all this experience in a career and now maybe the the position or the job isn't available anymore. I mean, it kind of is like really reminiscent to what we're going through as humanity right now and the social changes that are happening. So what did you do in Canada? Uh, first of all, I wasn't afraid. Mm. I wasn't afraid to speak the language. Like English still my second language and I, I still make grammar mistakes. I do my best not to, but it's part of me, but I don't let that stop me from sharing my knowledge or sharing my passion. And this is what I did intuitively. Like, I just, I wasn't afraid. I made myself understood. Like I, people look at me like with funny, weird faces. And I try to match a word from Portuguese with the word in English. And the interesting thing I found throughout this process that some people are open to listen. Some people are open to match into their mind library a word I was saying with a different accent, with something that they know. They are willing to do that. Some people are not. Some people are not open to even try or care to understand what you're trying to say. And not because they are mean, but maybe because they had things in their life or experiences where they, they just shut down. So I learned reading, listening to the radio, listening to the TV, um, volunteering. Uh, the second day I was here, one of my godmother's friend, uh, she was a clothing designer in Canada. She was Brazilian and she needed help. And my godmother said, do you want to help? And I'm like, yeah, why not? Like, I need something to do. I'll gladly volunteer my time if she needs a hand, what she needs a hand with. And it was like open boxes from the shipment that had just arrived from Brazil to separate for the clients and then put in different boxes and ship to the clients. So I went from having a skydiving school or being the marketing manager for a high-end brand to being on the ground with a bunch of pair of jeans and boxes and doing orders. But with that, I was improving my Spanish because I was there with two other girls from Venezuela. <laughs> so it was easier to match Portuguese with Spanish. And I, I helped the lady for a while and I'm like, this is not helping because I was still speaking uh, Portuguese there and Spanish. My Spanish actually got really good and I'm, I'm grateful for that. But then I, then I went out and I went through the process of, I really love Canada and I'm like, I wanna stay because I rebuilt myself. So I went through the proper process to, to look for a job. My English was improving and I apply for a work permit quite a few times because my background is marketing. And as a law in Canada, and I absolutely understand that, they don't hire foreigners or people from, yeah, from different countries to work in marketing because a Canadian person can do it. If I was teaching Samba, that would be something that I could get my degree, my, my work permit, because it's something that is exclusive to my country. Uh, but I wasn't going for that, even though I can dance. <laughs> but it wasn't my main, my main idea. So 
the biotech company that I got invited to work with, they wanted to expand the market to the South American market. At that time, my Spanish was really strong. I speak Portuguese. Uh, so we had to prove to the government several times that I was the proper candidate. I wasn't more or less than anybody else, but I had the package they want. And they couldn't find anybody that had that same package. So long story short, got my work permit, started working with them. And then, then life goes. Then I, then I started to do market consulting for them. And I had blessings to fly in private jets and go to Bahamas to consult for a tea company. And so I rebuilt myself in here. And then down the road, met my husband and then life changed all over again. <laughs> so how long have you been in Canada now? 18 years. 18 years. Yes. Wow. And it's true testament that we can let go of everything and rebuild. Um, your story is, is a perfect example of that. Yeah. And you said you rebuilt your career in Canada and then you met your husband yes. and life changed again. Yes. So how tell me a little bit about this chapter now of you meeting your husband and how much life has changed and what you've learned from that so when i met my husband um we had very similar similar values family values and values about life he's from south africa and we met through mutual friends in canada i was in canada for a while already and um funny story it happened that because we met through mutual friends that it was a friend that used to work with me at the biotech company. So my husband before me actually worked at that biotech company also because of that mutual friend. So it's just funny how life all get together. And um, we, um, we decided to, to get together and, and date and became serious and we decided to uh, get engaged and we really wanna have kids. At that time I was 30 already. And, uh, and then we're talking about, and I was like, well, I mean, birth control may, and he's like, well, maybe you should get it off now because it takes a while to wind down. And then, then we get pregnant, like we get engaged, we get married, do we get pregnant? I'm like, perfect. First month, boom, I'm pregnant. <laughs> and I'm like, what? I was happy. So was he. My family was ecstatic because my mom thought that I would never, I was never going to have a, a, a child because I was like so career-oriented and focused. So it was really, really good. We, we, we received resistance from the other side of the family and things what said and done that really hurt me in a deep, 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 deep level. And that was a catalyst for a lot of things that happened years after. Uh, we ended up um, getting married before my son was born to please the other side of the family, which is, is fine. Now I understand why and I made peace with it. But for many years, I didn't, I didn't understood that, that I couldn't have the wedding I wanted because I wanted to invite all my friends and I didn't have time. Like I want to invite the South African family. Anyway, uh, I fire, I fire walked on this subject <laughs> to try to get rid of it. But uh, little by little, we peeled the layers and we start to understand and we start to make peace with things. And you look back and you're like, well, if this didn't happen, I wouldn't be here right now. So it's actually a blessing in disguise. And I'm, thank God after 13 years, I'm at this point right now where um, I'm not letting that comparison things get to me anymore. Like we are in a much better situation, but my life changed because I decided to become a stay-at-home mom because I was copying my mom. Now that I that you understand self-development, you know, you follow some of the blueprints. I didn't know I was copying my mom at that time. I thought I was doing the right thing. And I still think I did. You did the right thing because I, there's no such thing as really making a mistake. It's all no. a lesson and there's a meaning behind all of it. Absolutely. And with all my heart, Carrie, I can look back, even though 
we had financial hardships because we are just then in one income with my husband, but he, he wanted me to stay home too. So it was a mutual decision. It wasn't like I not going to work and he'll do everything else. Like I did work throughout, but not to my full potential. And this is what I'm doing now. Um, I can look back and I have no regrets. Mm. I made breakfast pancakes on Sunday morning for my son and all his friends. I coach the sports. I volunteer at school. I had that life that I wanted. I, even with all the other hardships, I just tuned it off. And I was like, we are family. We're, we're here. We're going to enjoy it. But after a while, with that process, I lost myself as uh, who I am. I was a mom and I was very happy with that part of my life. And even though I just have one child, it was seven kids on my street. So they would all come to my house. We are the smallest place, but the ones are full of kids, pizza, like they always bring their devices or play on the street. So I lived that dream. That dream was a dream of mine and I enjoyed every second of it. But down the road now with my son getting older and going to high school and playing with his friends, I found myself thinking, oh, who I am beside mm -hmm. a mom and beside a wife. And that is when I really started going deep on this process that I need to bring joy back in my life. Mm -hmm. Other joy, not just the joy of being a mom and a wife being the joy of being me jumping off airplanes and riding motorcycles or riding a horse at the beach or go surfing <laughs> or something. So powerful, Ludmila, because I know that as a mother and any mothers that are listening and fathers that we sometimes, well, we sacrifice our own joy and we see all we want is our kids to be happy. And they're seeing our kids have friends and playing and succeeding in sports. It's like, that's what brings us joy. But at the end of the day, our kids are so much more fulfilled when they see us radiating joy from the inside and not just yearning for joy through the external world so it's a very powerful realization yep no absolutely because i got to a point where i'm like okay i did and he still have an amazing mother but what else can i show him like i always showed him to this day enjoy the beautiful things in life we're driving and I'm like, look at the moon, look how beautiful it is. It's like, yeah, okay, whatever. <laughs> I'm like, no, 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 put the phone down. Look at the moon. That is what matters in life. Look at this butterfly. So I always, even though right now it's sometimes it might not matter, it will matter at the point. And I'm like, okay, this is the best you can do. I love your effort. Let's, let's work together. But it's, I love life. I love people. And that was the main thing. The first thing I want to teach him, the kindness, nature, the love for others. And then I also stand up for himself and for other things in life. But got to the point where I was like, what else? I want him to be able to follow his dream. But what is my dream? Mm. I could not picture what is my dream without thinking yeah but if i do this what's gonna be with lucas if i do this what's gonna be with my husband if i did like yes we have to have a dream as a family but you have to have something that you're really passionate about that you really love that is beside family and then you combine all together in this bloom of beautifulness that's gonna come together in your life for the life of me i could not find it for the longest time and to Thank God working with Tony, working with Dean, be beside you and seeing you evolve and things you're going through inspired me so much. And the work we're doing with that community, seeing others, I wanted to inspire others, but they're inspiring me at the same time. Then I start to, okay, this is what I like. Oh, this is what I like. So step by step, 
and building it up again. And it got to the point where realize, yes, we all have bad stuff in life. It happens to all of us. We have the power to choose if we want to let that stop us or if we want to accept, surround to it. Yes, this happened, shitty, whatever. Am I going to be like, I will hang on to that and not move forward? Or I'm going to accept, say that happened for a reason and I'll move forward. And I choose move forward. Mm. Once I made the choice of, Stop thinking about it. Stop worrying about it. Stop just why I started moving forward. And now every day in every way, I'm getting better and better and better. And I'm bringing people with me. <laughs> I love your new, your new motto is that every day and every way we I'm getting better and better and I'm bringing people with me. <laughs> <laughs> and I, this we, is what I want to show my son. And when you show your son through your own actions is where he's going to also find the most joy within himself, I mm -hmm. feel like. And I mean, if we don't have that legacy that we're creating every day, then what is it for, right? It's yeah. that we, as a mother, we just want our kids to be happy. But if we still feel empty and sad and resentful or haven't accepted the things in our own life, then we actually pass that on to our kids and or mm -hmm. future generations. That's why I'm so committed to generational healing, because you you have realized over your motherhood journey that you were actually just redoing what your mom showed Absolutely. you. Absolutely. Because- we, we do what we see and not really what we hear all the time. Absolutely. Until and so you step clear. outside and mm -hmm. like, oh, and observe it. So, so beautiful. When I realized that it was such an aha moment in my life and it was at the, still at the early stages of being a mom because I was pregnant and I was like in three months this baby's going to be born. I'm, I'm back at work. And I have this idea, that idea, that idea. And it was just my husband and I, like his family, his parents had moved to the other side of Canada a week after Lucas was born. And, and I didn't have any parents. My parents are in Brazil. I didn't have any, any parent figure with us to, to help out. So it was, it was just the three of us. And I'm like, I will make it happen. Let's, let's make it work. Um, to be fair, my, husband's sister was here so she she was amazing but still it's not it's not a father figure or a mother mm -hmm. figure kind of thing and but I had that business woman inside of me still I'm like what's happening like I'm happy being a mom but something's missing like what's going on like for years I had that I'm like what's going on like I want to do more but I feel so guilty if I leave him and I went to a self-development seminar and it, that just popped in my mind. And I'm like, <gasps> when I'm single, I'm my father. I am laser focused, career oriented, a caring leader that leads by example. I'm a powerful, authentic, uh, free woman. Like when I am single, when I'm in a relationship and I see that now patterns in other relationships, I give myself to the other person. Because I think this is, this is the right thing to do. I, I think the most profound thing I heard from my ex-fiance that was really the catalyst of me moving to Canada and everything else is that one day he sat me down and he said, I don't admire you anymore. Mm. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like I was waking up in the morning. I was making him breakfast. I was going to the school. I was running the business. I was teaching the business at night. And he would have dinner ready when he came home. Like I was doing everything. But he met me as a life insurance broker, always well-dressed. Uh, he never knew where I was or who I was with or what I was doing. So he said, I lost the mystery. Mm. He's like, I wake up, you're beside me. And then you make me breakfast. I come home and I have lunch ready. And then at night you're there and you're teaching and you're running my business. 
and you were like 10 times my profit jerk because <laughs> i did <laughs> but this that was we had different expectations mm. like i thought i was doing the best thing a woman could do to a husband mm-hmm. or a husband because i was copying my mom and i grew up in a happy family he came from forest and whatever was his thing uh so his impression of me is that i wasn't attractive anymore because i was there doing everything for him and because of that all the story i told you unfold and today i'm so grateful for what he said because i'm here now talking to you but at that time it really hurts (laughs) i'm sure it did i mean in the most painful moments is typically when we have the deepest lesson to learn in this lifetime and it takes years and years and decades sometimes to actually realize the gift out of that so if anyone's like in the the pain of it just realize that with time yes the the meaning will extract itself so I want to hear about the future dream that you had mentioned earlier on in the episode what does your future dream look like in this next new realization in your life? My future dream in this next phase in my life is really to bring joy and light back in my life, doing more of what I like, do more of what makes me happy. Because if I do that, I will help other women to bring joy back back into their lives. I really wanted the same as you. And this is why I appreciate you so much, all the work you do. Like I did your, uh, your Heiki, your um, Akashic uh, Records. records. Um, is a process. So mm-hmm. I also in my own way with my own life experience, I want to help women to find themselves again to bring that joy back into their lives. Once they bring the joy back, doors open, they get lighter and they will be able to create and see their future. So I want to get to a point where I want to have a podcast to talk about that and creating, I'm creating a course that I'm going to talk about that joy, but without stopping in the mechanical part of things, I want to bring light back to people's lives. I want to not be afraid to shine my light because I'm afraid that other people are going to be scared or jealous because it's their own life experience. So I want to keep on shining my light like I'm doing here with you, like you're shining your light. We are shining our light. So other people, other women that are the same stage in life, they're similar to what we're going through right now can find their light and shine because if they do that their whole house and family and everybody around will be inundated with beautiful energy and this is what i want it's funny as much as i am business oriented focus marketing consultant and stuff the spirituality part of it that i have been found in my life lately when you combine the business with your spiritual side and you really listen to your sixth sense. Mm -hmm. I have been working so hard on really listening to my sixth sense. Like I'm doing many exercises on that. It's powerful. And I exercise that helps too. (laughs) But this is what I, that is my vision for the future. Whatever I do with whoever I work, I want to bring this joy, this light, this leadership of, empathy and caring and lead by example i've been there done that i'm on the other side this is how i did it and i hope it will work for you and this is what i want for my future and this is what i want for my son and for my husband and for all of us around wow so powerful ludmila i mean it's about bringing all the pieces that we already have and then finally bring them all together but it takes that journey I mean, you have the adventure piece, you have the business piece, you have the compassion and empathy and putting others before yourself, but 
until you really find that inner joy, which is the highest vibrational emotion that we can experience until we have that they're just pieces to the puzzle. And when you integrate joy in it, they all come together and we can be the powerful person leader and guide for others. I'm Wow. You're such a powerful soul. I'm like, am I lucky enough to call her my friend and to have her here on the podcast? You inspire me. You know, I love how when as thought leaders, as experts, as moderators, mm-hmm. and um, with Dean Graciosi and Tony Robbins, we're there and we see other people's stories. And then we're there also to inspire other people. Yeah. And you inspire me every day. Thank you. I can say the same to you. It, it's such a joy and such an honor, truly, from the bottom of my heart to be here. You make me feel just more joy being in your present, (laughs) listening to your text messages. You radiate joy, everything that you do. That's why you love creating those unforgettable experiences live, virtually, no matter where you are. If you're close to Ludmila, you're going to feel her energy (laughs) and her joy. So how can our listeners get in touch with you or follow up with you? So you can... Uh, you can follow me on my Instagram account at Ludmila Rogoski or my Facebook account. They're all the same. They're Ludmila Rogoski for Facebook, for Instagram, and I'm on Clubhouse. And if you run on Strava, if you're on the Strava app and you run and exercise, I would love to have you there. I'm doing a 90-day personal move your body every day challenge like 15 minutes a day and I'm doing it for myself besides the days that I run for Nike. I want to invite you to follow me on Strava also. And if you were there and you came from Carrie's podcast, just make sure you say hello. And I'll be there to give you my joy, my light, to share the light from the universe and bring this world together. Thank you so much for sharing your joy. I'm going to leave all your contacts in the show notes. So you can click the links in the show notes and feel the joy that Ludmila has for you. Thanks for being here. You're welcome. And one more thing, if I may, I am putting together a beautiful document that I wanted to give to you all and hope that will inspire you to bring more joy. It's a piece of art that I'm putting together. So if you hit me up, you can DM me on Facebook or Instagram. I will make sure I will send that to you with much, much love and much light. Thank you so much for the gift. Just having you here is a gift within itself. So thank you. Thank you for listening and investing your time with me because I believe we are all here to learn, grow, and evolve effortlessly into the future. If you enjoyed what was shared today, I encourage you to subscribe, rate, review, and share because together we can do so much more. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Carrie Faith on Purpose to find out more opportunities to uncover your deepest why.